welcome to G's Podcast. I'm Emily Harmon. And I'm Gwen Douglas. And today we're talking about... Gamay. Gamay. So we chose Gamay because it's still autumn time and yeah. we felt that it would be a good... I think Holy. it's quite a nice autumnal red. I think it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, and definitely one of my favourite varietals. So we both bought our own Gamay. Gamay. <laughs> And um, I think it'd be good if we talk a little bit about where we find Gamay, what it's like. Yeah, absolutely. What do you eat it with? Exactly. <laughs> what do you drink it with when yeah, you're right. eating? <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, so, what do you know about Gamay, Gwen? I know that Gamay is from Beaujolais. Yes. <laughs> so, a little bit south of uh, Beaujolais. Yeah. And that it's often vinified using whole grape clusters yes that would be carbonic maceration mm-hmm. which gives it sometimes a bubble gummy or banana candy kind of taste and i that's probably yeah that's probably it yeah <laughs> so and then i think it's delicious should we start let's start with opening one i think Yep, and let's start answer all these questions. As all right, we go. Well, we get, yeah. So I think you should open yours, and I've purposely <laughs> bought my own bottle opener today. I know. Today I actually brought another because one. Gwen has the most bizarre <laughs> bottle opener that exists on the planet of the Earth. So I or did the planet of the Earth. <laughs> the planet Earth. So I did, our planet Earth. I did actually bring another opener because this opener is the one that I keep here at the studio at Tyco, and a client gave me this, and it's hilarious because it's like a novelty wine bottle and it's so plastic it's very plastic so i mean this is really the opener that we have to open in a pinch so i might use the knife on yours to cut through my capsule (laughs) oh your wonderful bottle opener i actually did bring a better opener that will live here from now on (laughs) so we're good yeah we should get it in its full glory oh my god it actually says Beauté du Esprit Rouge, the bottle of Red Spirit, 2012. I know, I did think of that this morning. 11% like, alcohol. You know. That does not look like an 11% alcohol bottle of wine either, which is very funny. It definitely looks yeah. like something you get on. I never actually read that bottle, but it looks like just a classic when you see bottles lined up at a restaurant. Oh, what the hell? Going full in? As <laughs> <laughs> I'm not using that plastic thing, go. I'm going to make a mess of things. I don't know, but there we go. We'll see how long it stays standing up. It might knock over the little Vina Looper one. Right. Um, yeah, I thought we'd start with this because I believe it to be lighter. Can I? Sorry, I just poured yeah, go your... for it. Go for it. Um, so we're starting with Gwen's wine, Morgan Jean Boyard. Uh, it's the Morgan Classic 2017. I did actually have the 2015, but I forgot it at home, so I had to go get another one. <laughs> Unreliable. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Mmm, mm, that smells delicious. What? Maybe really we should have a little first. We'll see. We'll play around with them. I might open it's mine. It's almost like caramelly. It's, it's like, like a caramelly, caramelly raspberry. Mm. I totally agree with like, that. Yeah. But um, not an unpleasant caramel. Like, it's not. It just makes me want to get right in there. Get right in. <laughs> So Gamay is the name of the grape variety. Uh, not a lot of people would necessarily be familiar with the grape variety Gamay um, because actually the wines that are produced from this varietal rarely have Gamay grape written, variety yeah. written on the label. Um, we often have um, different Beaujolais and Cru Beaujolais, so different areas within Beaujolais that are usually written on the, on the label, which is actually what we have today. So Brewy 
uh, and Morgan are both um, little sub-zones in the Beaujolais region. But Gamay, predominantly known um, for producing the wines from Beaujolais, so whenever you see Beaujolais on, on, a, on a wine list, That's in a wine shop, and it's a red wine, it's usually almost 100%. That's true. I guess you don't really... Is there anywhere in the world that's making Gamay? Yes. Without risk. Tell me about well, it. Well, we also see Gamay, um, obviously Gamay spreads a little bit. So we do see right. it um, in the south of Burgundy, in Macon. Yes, okay, yeah. Um, so Macon Rouge, certain appellations can have a little bit of, of Gamay mixed in okay. with the Pinot or be 100% Gamay, okay. which is not a lot of people are that familiar okay, with. Okay, really, no, I don't know that. Um, so if you see a red Macon, then it could be made with... A mix or 100%, uh, Yeah, with, uh, with Gamay. And also the Loire. Mm-hmm. We see it always um, in the Loire. We see some Pinot Noir, some some Gamay around there, um, and then outside of France, a little bit. Not really anywhere else in Europe, uh, but uh, in the New World. So a bit in the okay. US. There's a few people in California producing Gamay. Uh, in Australia, down just mm-hmm. um, yeah, in Gippsland, there's a very famous producer of pin- excuse me uh, of Pinot Noir um, called Bass Philip, okay. and they make an amazing Gamay. Uh, that I really like that. Sorenberg in Beechworth, also in Victoria in Australia. And I'm guessing the sort of New World ones are, are they bigger? Are they sweeter? Is there, are they produ- like produced the same way? Are they doing also carbonic maceration or do they not need to because the grapes are sweeter or ripened a little longer? Or I think I think the grape variety itself, it's very different to, um, like if you look at, there are similarities between Gamay and Pinot Noir for me yeah. because they are... Um, Grapes that produce wines that have very high acidity, low right. tannin, this lovely aromatic yes. profile. They age relatively well. That's what a lot of people don't know about about Gamay and Beaujolais. That actually right. you can age the wines okay. for at least ten years from a good producer. Um, and so similar to Pinot in that way, uh, a little bit similar to Cabernet Franc as well with that profile. Okay. But where uh, Cabernet and Pinot can sort of handle a bit of new oak, right. you don't really see that working so well with no because I like Cabernet Franc I like the little end note the bitterness that you get on the end of it the herbal edge to it the spiciness which you don't really get from this this is you know if I had to sum Gamay up in a very short description to somebody that had never tasted it before I would say um, light to medium bodied high acidity low tannin this lovely aromatic almost like brambly um, character on the nose and this lovely earthiness at the same time, sometimes this slightly more rustic right. nature. Um, this is definitely something I usually recommend to people that say they have like histamine problems. If they're yeah. finding other red wines giving them headaches because it's so light, it's light and a lot of that yes. kind of stuff. It's a nice red entry. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're not a huge red drinker, I think this is a really nice way to go into reds without feeling... Yeah, 100%. It's too complicated. And I, like also um, <laughs> the perfect bottle of wine to put, put on a table... You asked before about the food yes. pairing. So the ber- the perfect bottle of wine to put on the table where somebody's eating fish, somebody's eating meat. Exactly. It's a good um, yeah. sort of go-to choice to like make roast chicken happy. dinner. Yeah. Cold cuts and charcuterie. Lovely. Yeah, Smoked yeah, salmon, like on yes. toast. Like, why not? It's just like anything kind of goes with this. Yeah. Which I think it's it's definitely one of my go-tos. I really like it for My all-time favourite pairing is a little bit of a cliche, but like <laughs> cascroute. Like, yes. Um, so like terrine, mm. like just like bread with meat and little yeah. cornichons. Like, but that's, that's also what grows together goes together, right? Because yeah. that's pretty much what they're eating in that region, I yeah. would say, right? Yeah, it's always a dream of mine to be in Beaujolais. 
picking grapes and stopping off for a bottle like hot in the vineyard, <laughs> eating a little bit of terrine or something, and then carrying on. So good. I have to say, this is really delicious. I'm really yeah. enjoying it. But it's really, like, r- like this. It's funny because it's changing. The raspberry, yes, blackberry. Raspberry, like now crazy. a little bit more black fruit coming out yeah. as well. And it's also a little. Reminds me of being a child and black- blackberry picking in the UK. Totally. Just like eating it. Like, your fingers are all yeah. purple and yeah, and your mouth, everything sort of like smeared around. I did that recently, actually. Did you? Yeah, we went to the forest house north of Berlin. Forest house straight yeah. yeah. And we, Lucas and I, spent a good thirty minutes like hovering over that bramble bush, just smashing them in our faces. It was great fun. Just kind of like warmed by yeah, the sun and super sweet. Boyfriend. Yeah, we should have him on nice. for. A- <laughs> Just to watch me see how much fruit one person can eat in thirty in thirty minutes. We do like fruit desserts and wine. (laughs) (laughs) Delicious. So I'm curious to see. I'm just going to see what this one tastes like. See if we're doing this. Yeah, so I was like curious. It's a much deeper color. This one looks. I mean, obviously this one's seventeen. What's which this one? This one. A sixteen. Sixteen. Sorry, there's quite a bit of a color difference between Mm. these two. Do you want to taste mine? Yes, I do. I think we should do the brewery first, actually. This definitely has like a... So this is quite funny that we chose um, these two bottles, that both of us bought one and the other one bought the other. So what we have here is um, Morgan Classique from Jean Foyard, as we said before, 17, Mm -hmm. and then the brewery from Alex Foyard, 2016. (laughs) So we're actually tasting um, Father and Son. Oh, fun. Yeah. So um, one of the sort of... The old guard of Beaujolais, if you okay. like, but in a good way. The old guard of the new movement in Beaujolais right. that's not so new anymore. Um, and his son, Alex Foyard's first vintage. Oh, wow. And I can't, don't quote that's me on this, cool. but um, first vintage in his early 20s. So I think, I don't know how much experience he had working for his father, but I know that he was working at Priya Rock okay. uh, in Nuit Saint-Georges, okay. um, which is a quite a well-known, well-respected... Um, very natural producer of Burgundy or Bourgogne mm. uh, wines. It's definitely more savoury, this one. Mm. I think the first thing you notice with the brewery it's a little is cloudy. it's so much more cloudy because yeah. obviously both wines, I think I believe, are unfined and unfiltered. Okay. But it's definitely more, like, it's funny, like, it almost smells like Pinot, this one. Yes, exactly, that's what I'm saying, because it has that earthy, root. right, yeah. it has an earthy, like, forest floor thing going on. For me, it's like sweet beetroot. Little, little You've blood. again got all of these raspberry fruits yeah, totally. and different things going on, but um, yeah, I love the earthiness. I love yeah, that. It's very good. But on the nose, completely different. And on the palate, so different. The texture's different. Mm-hmm. It's a bit softer. Mm-hmm. Um, you can feel like that. Even though it's softer, there's sort of more particles to the wine. Mm-hmm. There's more like more viscosity in your yeah, mouth. Totally. Also, is it's hard to tell whether it's like the there's a roundness, like a less high. There's less sharpness to it. Yeah, it's got a fruitiness. It's a bit softer, uh, but it, it's nice. I haven't tasted this for about six months, but it's tasting really well. Good. Yeah, they're both really delicious, but I think very different actually. Yeah. Hmm. I was like, hmm. Yeah, it's almost, this is almost more plummy. Yeah, totally. It really not at. Exactly. I was picking plums plummy, the other day. It makes me think of like the, what's the classic Austrian dish with the... Um, 
another it's one. It's like a dumpling and then you pull it apart and there's like a plum jam and they love yeah. that like plum jam in Austria. This is totally, as soon as you said plummy, that's... Svechka. Yeah, it's totally yeah. this. I was picking, um, they're called Svechka in Austrian, but I think in French they're called, are they, I don't know if they're Claude Ren or they're, they're almost like a green gauge, but they're purple on the outside, so they're sort of green oh. yellow inside and then they've got like, purple um, skin. Is it like a damson? Are they like Maybe more damson, sour? Maybe that's it. A little bit sour, but they're very sweet. And I was picking them in Brandenburg on the weekend, and this really? just reminds me of all the cakes that I, I mean, made. I, Lucas and I, someone asked him the other day, was like, what's your favourite fruit? And he went, I like stone fruit. And someone was like, you can't, it's like a whole category of fruit. That's <laughs> oh, Citrus. <laughs> but him and I both love stone fruit, and plums as a kid were probably one of my favourite things to pick in the UK. Green gauges. And were, good stone fruit. Like a good peach. Yeah. When you have a good peach versus a bad peach. Oh my god. Like an apple, a shit apple and a great apple. Mm. Okay, the the distance isn't so far, but a good peach and a bad peach. So actually that's quite a big yeah, distance. Yeah, totally. And I think like that's something that because Lucas is such a fruit junkie, that at home when we when we're trying fruit we're often comparing things. So he'll do like a white peach, a yellow peach, and we'll have pieces of each one and you really because he's so controlled about when we eat it exactly at peak ripeness, that it's actually quite interesting to see the differences. Maybe I should get him to do it for plums. It's good practice for yeah, yeah. tasting winter, and smelling your fruit, totally. But also like differentiating like the ripeness and the slight nuances between fruit. That's pretty geeky though, isn't it? It is, but it's so I kind of love him for that, but it's so He's geeky. getting me into it, too. Like, we had a mango the other day, and I was like, can't stop thinking about this mango. Well, your house, every time I see a pineapple, I think of your kitchen table, because there's always, <laughs> like... you've never been there. An ornamental one <laughs> yeah. that is always there. Like, I never see it cut up. No. And we eat a pineapple about it once a week. Pineapple right. a week. It's great. Yeah, it's fun, but we had, yeah, we had a mango the other day that was, like, custard. The consistency was, like, custard. Excuse me, like none of that fibrousness that you ever get. It was In a good way? Or? Crazy good. Like mango pudding out of a mango shell. Did you just... Oh, yeah, it was like we were both losing our minds over it. I can imagine. Days later, it was like, oh, my gosh, that mango. He's like, oh, yeah. The well, it's like the Alfonso mango season. Yeah. And I bought like yes. something like 30 back from the UK. It was just like, oh, my God, the whole house. so good. Mangoes are so nice. Okay, sidetracked. We did sidetrack a little bit on fruit. Um, I'm loving this one, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, I would nice smash texture. both of these. These are yeah. delicious. Both of them. Why did you choose to do this one then first, that you said we should drink this one first? I'm curious about why. The alcohol's slightly lower. Okay. 12.5%, the other one's 13. And I think Morgon, the appellation of Morgon anyway, because of the soil makeup, uh, is, is more structured. Right. Um, which is why a lot of the wines from Morgan age a little bit more, because okay. a little bit more tannin right. in the wines. And I just think with his this brewery and his approach to it, it's just got this lovely softness to right. it. It reminds me, it's very bizarre, because actually the first time I tried it, it reminded me of like a light version of some of the natural Australian Pinots I drink, because there's this herbal quality that's almost like a mintiness that mm. I see in this wine, like yeah, borderline eucalypt. Yeah, right. Um, but it's just got this lovely sort of softness but freshness right. at the same time. I don't know how this will age or not. Mm. Um, was that, that Ludi? dog and he's under my chair. <laughs> <laughs> he's asleep under there. Oh, totally. This is what happens if I go to therapy. He sits under the chair and sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you do you, yeah. I do me. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping my eye on you. <laughs> but I also think I would eat... 
probably different things with each of these, even what though they're both gamay. I don't know. I'm struggling a little bit. I do think that like a little mustard and toast and whatever, but I wouldn't. I think I would keep it a little simpler. I mean, there's okay. not so much acidity in this one. I don't think it would go up against the cornichon the same way that the other one maybe would. If that makes any sense. I love that sentence. I don't know how that would go up <laughs> against a cornichon. No, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like the acidity is not that high with this one. If you like, Because some cornichons are like crazy acidic. They yeah. kill everything. Yeah, I mean, I think some... some some of that off, awesome Austrian mustard that's like the, the little slightly sweeter mustard. Yeah. I think both would work well with the options. This is a bit softer and easier. I think I would sway more to having food and maybe more proteiny, meaty things with the Morgon. Okay. That would be my preference. Like, but I think this is quite an impressive wine considering young winemaker, totally. first vintage. I'm... All of the traits of Gamay, this lovely freshness mm-hmm. is there from the wines from Beaujolais because we remember we've got all this granitic yeah. soil, so always having lovely freshness. I think you just don't need any food with this one. It kind of is a bit of a snack. It kind of is a bit of a snack. It, it is, is a bit of a snack, isn't it? Yeah, and I actually, I mean, occasions to when you drink it. So we're talking about would where what would we have it when we're sitting at home, but like, why could you imagine yourself drinking this This is a great Gamay? picnic. These are great picnic wines, I yeah. think. Because I think like they can be providing a bit it's a providing autumn picnic, autumn picnic. Yes, because then the bottle's not too warm. Exactly, I was going to say. Yeah. I think autumn picnic. This is it. Go to Tiergarten, get a nice blanket, get some snacks, snuggle with snuggle your, with your with lover. lover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Total autumn picnic. I don't even think you would necessarily like just some crackers and cheese. You'd be like happy as a clam. Yeah, chilly beach. Yeah, it would be really nice. Curry versus pairing. Yeah. Curry versus pairing. Oh, yeah, okay. Ooh. I was like, I, like, oh, I was like, oh, she's oh, hesitating. When does that No, I was more like, is oh. there some left in the glass? I'm a professional then. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, so now let's try about this again. So, uh, Morgan Classic. Mm. So, uh, Foyard uh, producing, I think only three, three cou- no, four cuvées actually. So, I know that he produces the flurry, a uh, uh, flurry. Um, which is another area in Beaujolais, very famous for right. having this more sort of feminine floral mm-hmm. edge to the wines, quite pretty uh, on the fresher side or brighter side. Right. Like, yeah. I always find side. the acidity is quite high in. Yeah, flowing. and more sort of fruit and floral. Right. Um, and uh, not everybody feels okay with that, but feminine, if more what you associate. Yeah. yeah. How what do you associate as feminine? I feel like anything I know I that's say actually is not pretty interesting now because actually that's. Yeah, I yeah, it's really redundant it. now almost. Right. What is feminine? What is femininity to you? I don't know. Right. Yin energy. The so energy. Yes, of, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Lunar energy. It's alive. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> floral. And, yeah, it's yeah. really difficult. So, uh, that aside, pretty yes. floral. Pretty, yeah. And then now we're at Morgan. So, so he's producing the flurry. He's producing this Morgan Classic, which is kind of the entry level, if you like. Uh, it's about half the price wine, which is called Cote de Pie, which mm-hmm. I think worldwide probably one of the most famous wines. One from Beaujolais, two from Gamay in the world, and it's just iconic. The top wine from this little single uh, vineyard that's on a hill. A couple of producers have vines on the Cote de Pie uh, mm-hmm. on the on the like it's sort of on a on a slight hill in in Morgon um, with a, a couple of trees on it, but it's. Um, 
so Coach P, Top Wine, this one, and then he makes another Morgan, um, which is sort of a step up from the Coach P. So I think the name and the brand of Jean Voyard is kind of very well established and okay. is very well respected. So sort of, I think we touched a little bit on before when we talked a bit about the natural wine movement right. and how that came from Beaujolais. And whilst it's kind of old news, like so right. many people know the story now, actually, if you're not in the wine trade, you don't know the story. Right. But really starting sort of post-World War II all the way up to the 80s, this sort of slow movement happening with different producers in Beaujolais um, and in the Loire, kicking off uh, producing wines without using chemicals in the vineyards, not filtering, not fining. Both of these wines are unfined, unfiltered from at least organic fruit, um, no use, heavy use of oak, um, very low use of SO2, yeah. if not any at all. Um, and really trying to express the varietal where it's coming from. This really started in this region. Um, and, okay, everyone talks about J- Jules Chauvet as sort of being the starter of that, and then also talking about the gang of four, these four iconic producers from Beaujolais. Foyard was one of them. Okay. And it's quite interesting because the torch is being passed on. Like, it's I always think it's the same. For me, it's the same. Like, it's the same It's branch. a continuation sort it's of thing. It's a continuation. Yeah. And That's now really just... lovely. Yeah. Yeah, and since, I mean, since he sort of came on board, we kind of almost needed, like, another producer in between because there are so many great producers. Right. David Chappell, right. um, Mie Goddard. Like, like, there's so many great, interesting, um, dynamic producers in Beaujolais today that have been doing it for quite some time. Maybe not as long as Jean but would sort of fit between these two wines. Right. Um, so it's a actually, very... I think the gimmick isn't talked about enough, actually. Yeah. Like, because I kind of feel like it's that sort of wine that maybe the snobbier of wine drinkers don't always... One wine rep that I used to buy wine from said to me, Beaujolais is the last fine wine... Beaujolais is the last fine wine region to be discovered in France. Well, that's interesting. And actually, when you think about that, it's quite true because actually we went, you know, okay, Burgundy, uh, Bordeaux, or Bourbon, Bordeaux, like they've been well it's received like for a long time. like the little sister or something, or like the little brother. Well, you have to think, like, sort of, at the time of, like, the Green Revolution was happening, what was happening at Beaujolais, I mean, there were winemakers committing suicide because, wow. like, it was such a difficult time to produce wine the value of the grapes, the value yeah. of the wine, the styles of the wine, like, I mean, it was like all the shitty Beaujolais that we buy now in a shop, like, it was just, that was the whole region. Yeah. It was an amazing terroir because granitic soil, right. everybody knows, like, granite's like an amazing soil to work with. Bush vines, like, yeah. and the Gamay grape variety, like, it's just being, it's, an, like it's a recipe made in yeah. heaven, yeah, like, it's perfect. So. And, and a very, it's a very interesting region for me because it's that bridge between uh, Burgundy and the Northern Rhone because you're right. seeing styles that are more similar to Burgundy, right. but with the terroir, like the soil, it's oh, like more southern. Well, yeah. yeah, with the granite. Yeah. But um, I think. And our dog keeps making. Like, I know it sounds like you keep farting. I know, I know it's him. <laughs> and he's like totally he's oblivious. He's actually sat slept like this. He's such a composer. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a very it's a very interesting region, but I think it hasn't always been an easy region to produce right. wine in. And actually the movement, thanks to people, you know, like Jean, like different other growers that were also moving, you know, hopped on the yeah. same train, moving in this, on the same path, 
um, thanks to those people to, to really invest their time and, and actually create a really um, high-end product from it, it sort of like revived and revitalised this region and put it back on the map for a lot of people to make it yeah. more relevant. So now to the point, if you speak to anybody in the wine trade, it's almost, it's so uncool to say that you don't like Gamay. If you okay. were like, I hate Gamay, you'd be like, what is wrong with I you? I hate Gamay is, a, is as uncool as saying, I love Sauvignon Blanc. Or the opposite. Or, or, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Or that I love Gewurztraminer. Or Stramina. loving Gewurztraminer. They kind of all go in the same category. Here. You were like, I love Gewurztraminer. I hate Gamay. It'll be like, who is what? that girl? Fighting words. Yeah. Go back to I being mean, a wallflower, please. We don't want to hear yeah. any of that. I do have to say, I guess it is. I mean, it is when you taste it, a kind of grape that, like, if you like red wines, even if you don't love red wines, it's hard not to love this grape. It has sort of a drinkability, it's easy to share because everyone will like it a little bit. Sapidity, like, like this saltiness, totally. almost like this freshness. This one in particular, it's really, I mean, I think, they're both delicious actually. Maybe there's a pleasure element to this wine that I really enjoy because it's got this more supple. But it's the texture of it too, I think, that adds to it. But I like the tension and the vibe on this wine. Me too. This is, like, I would smash this bottle by myself. Yeah, and I think that's where we're also seeing the different terroirs, and we're seeing like the structure from them yeah. on. And um, yeah, I love. I think I mean it'd be amazing to produce wine in Morgan. So this is a perfect Morgan. actually for the Morgan. Morgan, Morgan, Cornichon. Oh my god! Don't really like maybe have to Cornichon. Morgan Cornichon. If anyone wants to make a Cornichon slash Morgan wrap for yeah. us, feel or free. a haiku, we're open yeah. to it. <laughs> Quite good. Yeah. We've already got like two lines done for you. Just need one more. Just add it. Yeah. Send it to us. We want to see the videos. Maybe we'll like splice it into the end of one of these YouTube videos. Train of Mogul <laughs> with a calling shot. <laughs> Hop on. All right, Eminem. <laughs> so you can find us. We want to hear all of your favorite uh, yes. gamets. Where have you drank them? What did you have with them? Beaujolais. Also, really interesting to hear what you think of gamay right. and where have you had it. What do you think, people that, like, have you heard of it? Like, what have you heard of? What you exactly. Doing? We want to hear it all. You can find us at juice.show online, online, where you can also buy a tote bag. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. Uh, at juice.podcast. Yeah, thank you. And also on Twitter, juice underscore podcast. So we're available all, on all channels. Thank you for tuning in. Obviously, yes. if you're tuning in for the first time, Thank you for tuning in. But um, please subscribe. We would love you to yeah, stay with us along the journey. Absolutely. You can find us everywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Yeah. So cheers until next time.